0: Well, good morning! Uh, I just want to start and say hi. I have not seen many of you in like two years and some of you I've never seen. So um, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Ryan Schmall and I, I had the opportunity to be a part of this church for four years. Uh, I served as the director of family ministries and uh, it, it was such an honor and a blast to be a part of what God is up to here, and today, uh, I, I all the kind words, I really thank you, but I, I really, if you hear nothing else today, I want to take the attention off of me, off of us, and really have us consider what it means to make an impact in the world, and it has nothing to do with you or I. It has to do with Christ, and so I encourage you this morning, as we think about this idea, to think about how Jesus so desperately wants to use each and every one of us, but it's him. It's not me. It's not you. With that thought, I love to talk about Taylor Swift. Um, I know lots of you probably love Taylor Swift. I can tell you probably are going to go out in your car right now and uh, when we're done and go, go put on all those. Holly is definitely into Taylor Swift, so... Um, but last night I had the opportunity. Uh, we are spending a few days here in Southern California with our whole family, and we went to a concert. And one of the things I noticed, I, I was looking around at the concert, and everyone who was at the concert was dressed like the people on the stage. And it got me thinking about how desperately we love to be influenced by whoever. Um, by all kinds of things. We live in a culture that is steeped in this idea of influence. And, and it, it's not just one generation. I want you to turn to your neighbor for a second and just, uh, who's somebody when you were growing up that you just so badly wanted to look like? Just turn to your neighbor. Maybe it was a musician, maybe it was an actor. I just want to, let's get this talking a little bit. Who, who's somebody who you were like, I wanted to be that person? The chat in the room tells me we all know what I'm talking about here, that we all have people who we look up to and we're, we're wanting to emulate or be like in some way, shape, or form. And uh, my girls are really into Taylor Swift. And uh, if you don't know anything about Taylor Swift, that's okay. Neither do I. And uh, uh, we, we had to go to, she put out her concert, and you had to go see it in the movie theater, and it was a three-hour experience, and I sat there, I, I, I fell asleep a few times, but as, as uh, we were walking into the movie theater, you could just see all the girls who were so excited, and what were they wearing? all the things that you would imagine Taylor Swift would be wearing in her, in her concert. They just wanted to be like her, right? I think about Disneyland, and, and uh, believe it or not, I'm going to go to Disneyland while I'm here. Um, I know that's a shocker for some of you. But I always love seeing all the kids who are dressed up like who? Like Mickey or the princesses, the characters. They want to look like them, right? When I was growing up, uh, it was the boy band era, and boy bands, let me just tell you, they had the best hair. They, they would spike it, they'd bleach the tips of their hair, and sure enough, I did that. Then I got into like a punk rock phase, and they had black hair, and one time, I decided it would be a good idea to not tell my parents, and I dyed my hair jet black. Yeah, it was about that good, right? But, but we love to be influenced, and I think there's an a thing within each of us, too, that we want to influence others. I think we also deeply want to leave some sort of an impact on the world or a legacy. Coming back to the desert over the past couple days has raised a lot of those feelings in me of of wondering, did anything I did matter here? I spent four years of my life... uh, you know, did, did I make any kind of an impact? And I think that's a human question that we all feel on some level. And today as we dig into our passage out of uh, John chapter 15, I think this passage really gets to an important reality as we ask that question of how, how can I truly make an impact in the world around me? And it's that question and that idea that I invite us into as we uh, turn our attention to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. You can follow along with me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples friends this is the word of the Lord one of the things that uh, I never thought I would do this is going to maybe also shock some of you I'm not an outdoorsy person (laughs) some of you laugh because you know me I would prefer to be in my room playing with like toys or something I don't know um, but I'm kind of nerdy, and, uh, and we moved to Spokane, Washington, which everyone there is like an outdoors person, like it's in your face all the time, and, uh, and that was like a little bit of a culture shock for me, and I'll never forget, the first month that we moved there, first of all, we left here, it was 82 degrees, we left in the middle of December. I, I left in, sh- in shorts and flip-flops and uh, no hoodie, no winter gear whatsoever, and by the time we arrived, we arrived at the first snow that uh, Spokane had gotten, and I was in a full winter outfit, like completely night and day. And, and so uh, one of the things that they love doing there, uh, notice I say they, not me, um, they love to go snowshoeing. So we have a, a mountain very, very close to where we live called Mount Spokane, and uh, there's a group of guys who love getting together every year, and they love going snowshoeing. They don't just snowshoe, though, in the daylight. They do it even weirder. They go at night, uh, so it's really dark. So I, again, I just don't understand, but uh, we went over to the, the guy, Greg is his name. We went to his house and, and his family's house, and we were having dinner, and um, he was telling us all about it. And uh, and he said, you know what, you really should go. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, you should, you should go. Oh, I know, I heard you. Like I I know I I know you're inviting me. Thank you. And my wife uh, just lovingly said, yeah, he he'd love to go. He should go. <laughs> so I went snowshoeing, and uh, it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. A group of guys. Uh, who I barely knew. We were out there and I just knew Greg pretty well. So uh, there was about four or five of us who went out on this night and he said, don't worry, we're going to be fine. Just make sure we stay in a line and we'll go. And so we, we decided, okay, here, here's what we're going to do. I, I'm going to be right behind Greg. Like I was kind of the one who was probably the most nervous. I think everyone else is pretty comfortable in that setting. And all I knew was it's dark I don't know where I'm going. These snowshoes that I barely know if they're on correctly just are very uncomfortable, and okay, here, here's what we're going to do. We're, gonna, we're just going to go. And all I could do the entire time, because it was so dark, I could only see what was right in front of me. I had a little headlamp, and I could see Greg's feet. That's all I could really focus on. And so I just knew I have to trust we're going where Greg knows we're supposed to go. If Greg doesn't know where we're supposed to go, I think we're all in trouble. So we're going, we're going, it's going good. Greg stops at one point, just completely stops. I look up and he's doing this. Uh-oh not a thing you want to hear when you're in the middle of the woods. Like, everything in my mind started coming, like, what? what's happening right now? I have no idea where we are. This is terrifying. He said, uh-oh. Like, Greg, he's the one who knows where we're going. That's, I don't ever want to hear anyone who I'm following say, uh-oh. So he says, uh-oh, and then he's looking around, And and what amazed me about this moment was he just, he did this. Like, it was, I mean, I did it for a little bit, felt like that long. It was probably like two seconds, but he went, oh, okay, and then kept walking. I had no idea what he saw because there was no trail. There was nothing. We did the whole hike. We went up to the top of Mount Spokane. There's like a little cabin, and we, uh, we all had coffee, and we had, uh, we had hot dogs and things like that, and then we went back down the mountain And uh, I I remember asking Greg later, I'm like, what on earth did you see? How how did you know where we were supposed to go? And he said, oh, uh, there's actually little markers on all the trees around here that actually provide the path. So when the path is covered, you still know where to go. I had no idea but I thought that was such a beautiful metaphor, a beautiful idea, because here I am, I'm trusting Greg, but Greg is actually putting his trust in something else, right? Humans are faulty. When we look up and follow after humans, we're sure to be led astray, because the part I didn't tell you about the story is that we got back down from the mountain, and at one point during the trip, Greg lost his keys. That wasn't fun because we had to figure out how to get home then, right? Thank goodness, though, Greg is not the one I'm actually following. Think about your own life for a moment and who you put your faith in, who you follow. I think for a lot of us, if we're honest, we often put our faith and our life in the hands of people who are faulty. I think when we think about the legacy that we're leaving, we we want people to know that we mattered, right? But we're also faulty humans. We are broken sinners, each and every one of us. But there's one who provides the true path who we can follow, who we can put our full trust and faith in, knowing that his way will never lead us astray. The true vine. When we choose to go on a different path, to stray away from the vine—the thing that actually brings us life and goodness and grace and love in this world—there's danger. The other day, we decided uh, because we're here, one of the things we love to do. My, my wife loves to hike, so we wanted to go on a couple hikes, and we went out to Joshua Tree to the south entrance, and we were going along the trail and. And you're not really supposed to veer off the trail, so what did we do? We veered off the trail. We wanted to go look at some other rocks um, that were just over there instead of the other ones that were right in front of us. And so we went off and we looked at uh, some of these rocks. And the next thing we know, our, our two of our daughters were with us, and one of my daughters started screaming <laughs> because we look over and because we had to kind of go through the bushes a little bit, right? You know you're off trail when you're going through bushes. That's not a good thing. Don't do that. But we look over, and there she is. She has what looks like a, like a ball from a cactus in her hand. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, she had to pull it out. It, it, there's pain. There's agony, right? Then she had some in her side that she had like brushed up against, right? But I think that also provides this idea when, we, when we're veering off the trail, off the path that we know that we're called to be a part of. When we think that we as the branch can start our own vine, we ultimately create more harm for ourselves, for the world around us. Thank goodness it's not humans we're called to follow. But we have a God who is good and right and just and loving. A God who will not lead us astray, but it requires us remembering who we are in the way he created an order in this world that we are the branches, if we want to make an impact in this world, if we want to be people who bear fruit, then we must remember that we, at the core, are called to be connected to the vine, to be people who embody Jesus to the world around us in everything that we do, Whether that's with our finances, we talked about giving this morning, that's so critical, but we also recognize that there are a multitude of ways in which we, as human beings, can live out what it means to be Jesus to the world. The way we interact with our fellow brothers and sisters, the ones who not only look and think like us, but the ones who are different and marginalized and outcast. How are we treating and holding other people? How are we being the love of Jesus to the world around us in everything that we do? When I reflect on my time here, one of the things I love is to think about the people who embody Jesus for me. I look around this room right now and there are just so many people, so many faces who I look at and go oh, that person showed Jesus to me in the way they lived. I, I, just, I look at the Sanderson's over here, who their whole family just embodied a love to me that in moments where I felt lost and alone in the desert, they provided something beautiful, and it was because I know who they are, and, and I know that they are connected to that vine. And that love flows out of them. And, and you see it. It's, it's alive in who they are. And it's not just them. I, I look at my friend Diana right here. Hi, Diana. You have no idea what I'm going to say right now. <laughs> but Diana, her love the entire time I was here, and I'm sure still continues for children and helping kids know how deeply God loves them too, that they are a part of this body. Not just here, but the church, but Christ's body. Man, she lived that for me. Her and Sally. I don't see Sally, but, but man, are you over there? Hi, Sally. <laughs> Both of you, just, you embody a love to kids. You used who you were and the talents that God gave you. And kids found Jesus because of you. The fruit you bared was not because of you, but because you allowed God to move and work through you. There's all kinds of stories. I don't have, I mean, I'm in charge right now, so we can go for a few hours, but (laughs) I can go around and around and around, right? Elliot, using his talents right here this morning. What a beautiful representation of just Letting God use who you are. I love that. You did so good. Can we just give him a huge round of applause, by the way? like That, that is such, such a beautiful representation. And you all have something amazing to offer, but it's because of what God has done through you and your willingness to let him use you as you are. When we think about it in that way, it's no longer about us and what we must do. We just let God use us. I can look around this room and I see lots of faces, but I also recognize there are faces that aren't here today that were two years ago. One of the people in my life who I reflect on this time in this church and always thought about was our friend Harry who helped with the deacon's closet. He passed away just over a month ago. Every time I think about Harry, every single time, I just picture the face of Jesus. How he faithfully gave his time, his energy, the way he held himself and carried himself with all kinds of people. I watched a lot of weird things go on down there sometimes. And yet Harry was so loving And embodying Jesus to people who so desperately needed to hear good news. Each and every one of you, friends, has something beautiful to offer, and the fruit you can bear is monumental. But it must require you surrendering to the fact that we are a part of Jesus' vine, it's not yours. It's not your path. It's God's. So what does that look like for you in your life today? Not just when we're here in this building, but when we are out in the world wherever it may take you. As the body of Christ, we have been called to be people who stay connected to the vine. And when we stay connected to to Jesus, and his ways, and his vine, the fruit will just keep flowing. But it's about Jesus. If we're to truly leave an impact in this world, the most simple reality we can ever live is to continue to draw close to Christ. To learn more about what it looks like to live like him. In everything that we do, in every interaction, in every conversation, in every moment. God wants to use all of us to branch out into the world and be good news. So will you let him? Will you willingly let him use you in ways like our friend Harry? In ways like the Sanderson's? my friend Belva back here. I'm just going to start naming everyone. Each and every one of us are invited to be a part of this. We are all connected to the same vine. So may we be people. May you be people who embody the love of Jesus to the world around you in everything. May grace and peace be with you.